0: Welcome to episode 174 of College Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South. On today's episode, we discuss an electric College World Series with an insane display from Wake Forest on and off the field. Uh, we spin the Saturday road trip wheel, I guess it's, we're calling it wheelie tagger. We'll fi- we'll figure it out, and uh, we make stops in the SEC and the Big 12 uh, to discuss Florida's recruiting, Nick Saban's recent comments. Austin Simmons' wild ride, maybe a little Bob Huggins DUI talk. At the end, as always, oh, we didn't ask for listener questions this time. You can find the show on our website, SaturdayDownSouth.com, Apple and Spotify. Join us for the live recording of the show every month, every Sunday night during the season at eight Eastern time on the Saturday Down South YouTube page. Find clips from the show on at Sat Down South on Twitter, at Saturday Down South on Instagram and TikTok and at Saturday Down South one on YouTube. And now here's the show.
1: Hey
0: everybody, welcome back to another episode of College Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always, Chris Marlar. Chris, looking good. Got a new little setup there in the in the studio. Right. Dropping mad beats. It looks good, right? It does. I hurt my no, back. So- no, uh, no like curse words on the wall.
1: They're on a different wall, but yes. Um, I uh-huh. uh,
0: in your never.
1: No. I yeah, I hurt my I hurt my <laughs> I hurt my back trying to hang these, and they, these are like three pound shelves from Target. Like there was absolutely zero reason <laughs> for this to have happened. Um, so I'm a little uncomfortable, but not as uncomfortable as some of the stuff that we're gonna talk about in the show because there were some. I mean, there were so many
0: uncensored moments of the week this week. There was. Um, we'll mention a few that are candidates, but I think there's one that kind of takes the cake. Yeah. Um, obviously, let's just jump into the College World Series. It's been an incredible start to the to the World Series. Uh, crazy games. I mean, yeah. for me, I felt horrible for that Virginia pitcher whose coach just let him out to dry, just giving up seed after seed after seed and just completely blow the game for Virginia against Florida. Yeah, so you've had a bunch of one-run
1: games. I want to say before, we're recording this on Tuesday, so TCU eliminated Oral Roberts, um, one of the few times that Oral has not worked on a Christian. So um, that had, uh, they, they're they out, but there's like a bunch of one-run games. I think it was almost every, like five of the six games in the first three days were one-run games. Um, I don't know about day four. I don't remember that. But it's been a really, really good series.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, it looks like as we're watching this here or recording this here, LSU just scored again on Tennessee. Wow. So, um, yeah, Florida looks really good regardless of the Virginia pitcher or not. That Florida just their lineup is just ridiculous. Um, yeah, the Jack the Jack Caglione guy is just. I mean, what, is that guy is he meant to be like? Is he a draftable even? I don't even know. No, that. he's a sophomore. He's he's White hey One of our so one of our listeners.
1: um is is like a manager for them uh shout out oh um one of my favorite instagram follows, especially during the, the college postseason he's he's just been a ton of fun he's having a blast um but some like really good wins i kind of like they kind of just you saw in the beginning of the year south carolina was playing really well stanford's been up there for most of the year but wake has been like kind of steady eddie like the, the second half of the season um but you had of course like tennessee was a top 10 team for for half the season and then LSU was everyone. there's preseason number one, and and Florida just kind of sat there, and throughout as the year just kept going on and on. You know, they just kept winning and kept winning and kept winning, and they end up being the number two overall national seed. And they get to the important two zero start in this like a little mini regional they're playing, basically and, like that setup for the bracket. They look good, man. They look good.
0: Yeah. Um. So and Wake Forest was obviously very impressive yesterday. Um. The- Here's my thing with college baseball right now. And I'm not even, like – I'm not, like, a get-off-my-lawn type guy, but okay. – the The celebrations are just so egregious in college baseball. <laughs> like, dudes are, like, throwing their bat down when they walk. Like, bases empty, two outs, they walk. Like, let's fucking
1: go! The, dude, it's, the it's let's like, go, I never thought yeah. of this, is getting out of control. It is. It's it everything. Is, it is so – like, I say it a lot like I've constantly texted them like LFGGGGG G, G, G. <laughs> like I like and that might just be the Celsius talking I don't know but it is crazy the amount of of uh, like ridiculous celebrations I'll tell you what stood out to me the most and this is probably been a prison of the moment because of what happened yesterday I've always said the worst the worst job at like officiating anything and I understand they're called umpires fully understand that but the worst job at of officiating anything, especially in college, but mainly, maybe may all of sports, is the Women's College World Series. There's no group of people that get sucked into an environment more and are, are just like a, like a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They just become a part of, like, they, they get so involved in the environment around them and so amped up that it, it affects everything they do. So like the zone keeps getting bigger because they're like like somehow the umpires fitting off the crowd. It, it, you see it a lot in like late in basketball games, especially too. But like the baseball, college baseball world series, you pretty much got to have, Pepper says hello. You got to pretty much have the best umpiring crew that you, that you, you would have in all of college baseball. I understand that like, it's hard to do that for an entire year. Cause there's so many baseball teams that are D1, let alone D1, two and three. But if the College World Series, you you have a span of a week and a half. Just get the best fucking umpiring crew, or you know what? Or like, we'll we'll from the other podcast. Him and I were talking about this last night. Like we're always joking around about how AI is going to take all of our jobs. How's AI not threatening any fucking umpiring jobs? Because this is out of control, bad.
0: There's going to be robot umps within the next five years. Has to be.
1: Yeah.
0: Has to be. It's you know, I mean, you know what? Go it's ahead. bad enough in MLB. You know you see it all the time. But- but like college baseball, I agree with you is the, just the absolute just worst. Mm. And, uh, I mean women's like, and you know, I, I'll be honest, like I don't typically watch a ton of women's college softball, but four saves so, and World Series this year, and, and I, so I tuned into those games, and they're entertaining. But man, you want to talk about one thing that's worse than college baseball umpires? Women's college softball umpires are horrific. Yeah, they're awful like so and also the just
1: the sheer direction of the ball that's coming in they're calling strikes that are like that are rising up at people's heads so it's like it's even more egregious but yeah like what's what's scary is it's not a situation where they're caught up in the moment it's a situation where like that's just the zone and it's going to be inconsistent it's like the only way I know to describe it is like like as erratic as one of my exes or just as floaty and non concrete as like a fucking amoeba it's just like it's, it is just a weird, weird shape that is ever-evolving.
0: Yeah. Speaking of your exes.
1: No, we won't get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, having a rough day over there in the Barstool comments.
0: So uh, so Stanford obviously out now after falling to Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee currently down 2-0 to LSU. We'll see what happens. Um, but Chase Burns was awesome in relief for yeah. Tennessee in that game. They had to rally back to beat Stanford to keep their hopes alive. Uh, it really looks the two best teams are very clearly Wake Forest and Florida, and I think that'd be a great matchup.
1: I, I mean, yeah, I, like LSU is hard to beat with Skeens. I'll say that. I mean, wait, yeah, Wake Forest in They like, just win games. I thought, I thought that this this ballpark would kind of even out some of the uh, the power you saw. I mean, they hit like fucking 19 home runs against Bama in two games but like which is <laughs> we're talking about top 5 records that'll never be broken and later in the episode that might be one of them um it also has two things that are my favorite things from this week um oh thunder rolls out here um i so i know we're going to do unsung remember of the week later should we should we like pop the blank on our on our new segment about NIL pitches
0: uh, do you have one for someone in this tournament i do okay
1: last night there was a very so public... what's the segment
0: here what's that what's the segment it's here? N- the it's a, here? it's
1: our nil pitch so listen a lot yeah. of athletes are trying to get nil money you've seen what's yeah. happened with the the um video game we'll get into that a little bit later as well but like a lot of athletes now you can you can profit off your name image and likeness we're here to help okay now we've only yes. done this once We we paid 69 dollars to I forgot his name, the tight end from South Nick Carolina. Nick was that? Nick Muse? Yes, to from South Carolina um, Mews, to give us Sam a shout out on, his right. to, uh, on his way to on his way to media days. Now, what we're doing uh, now is like we're gonna get as much of the grunt work out of the way as possible. So I'm gonna make the whole pitch for you. Like so, for this specific player, I have found a real and also fake um, nil brand. That he should partner with.
0: Okay, and the we'll athlete
1: cheer. is Wake Forest pitcher Cole Roland. Now, if you don't know who that is, if you watch the game on uh, Monday night against LSU, or just saw social media and the viral videos going of this person who looked like he was just publicly on meth um, mm-hmm. on cable television, he was the guy that had his jersey unbuttoned almost down to like his belly button. Just like those like douchebags at the club that were like a U neck instead of a V neck.
0: It uh, was yeah, like those that. Are tough.
1: Teeth grinding a whole bunch. De- definitely, yeah. like, if you, I don't know how to describe him outside of like, he looks like the kind of guy.
0: Took that a lot of Adderall.
1: He looks at himself in the mirror as he's having sex. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That guy.
0: Yeah. Now, oh, who, I mean, who wouldn't?
1: Okay. Well, I mean, me for one. Um, <laughs> but so he was all jacked up. So I have two very real NIL pitches for you. First one, okay. I'm sure they're still making those now. Um, music CDs. I don't yeah. know why they would, but I'm sure they still are. I think it's like it's kids' bop now. Okay, well, so this would just be now that's what I call calming the fuck down, and it's just like a it's like a 18 songs from Coldplay, all acoustic, and just help your brother get to sleep. That guy's gonna need it because he is
0: very, 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 very amped up. And the other one I had wait, is- wait, hold on. I think we could go double feature, and so you have that one when it's time to calm down, but then when it's time to get right back to that spot, it's like down with the sickness yeah trapped you know things of that nature
1: right well so i I kind of have the best of both worlds with his his actual brand sponsorship that's going to be melatonin specifically from mountain dew mountain dew melatonin i've already written the pitch form and everything so here you go Uh do you have a hard time going to sleep at night because your heart is still racing from a big cws win in omaha not to mention the four red bulls six five hour energies and all the white lines you saw on the field and up your nose then reach for a Mountain Dew melatonin because you don't want to be all jacked up on
0: Mountain Don't. <laughs> I, so how much are we going to pay the kid? First off, we got to create the actual product. What's that? We got to we gotta create the actual product. Then how much are we going to pay him? That's the that's yeah, big thing. Fair. But I love it. Love the pitch. Yeah. yeah. That's all. Mountain Don't.
1: All right. Now, let's get into... The Wheel of the wheel of Death, which... Wheelie Taggart? <laughs> so, so a lot of you guys remember the, the episode we had a while back where we were talking about spring games and we did the spring game Wheel of Death where we just spun the wheel and we focus on one team. Now, Tyler rigged the wheel um, like he always does and the wheel was landing on Florida State over and over. Tyler and I decided to do this segment um because we're trying to be structured organized like real boys um that sounded weird but so i prefer not to be called a boy (laughs) well well i'm I'm still a boy not yet a woman you know what i mean like the britney Spears song how after her i think she found love anyway so as tyler was making this very intricate and, and beautiful looking wheel i was coming up with punny names to call the wheel kind of like the best of both worlds for our our strengths uh as a team So we asked the audience what we should call it, and they voted Wheelie Nelson.
0: Yeah, which, unfortunately, has nothing to do with college football.
1: Right, and I shouldn't even put it up there. I knew I shouldn't have put it up there.
0: But neither does Wheelie and Dion. Okay, Wheelie and Dion should have gotten
1: more votes, though. (laughs) That was a good—the options were Wheelie Dion, Wheel Diamond, Wheelie Taggart, Wheelie (laughs) Nelson— Will Cosby, Will Ferrell, we had some good ones up there. We did. Yeah. Um, Let's call it Wheelie Taggart or Wheelie Nelson, whatever you guys want to do, but spin the fucking wheel and let's figure out what, we're going to do a little whip around here uh, called Saturday Road Trip, going around the country to each different conference and talking about all the latest. This is the actual show.
0: ACC, what do you know? God. All right. Well, I will say. Okay, so let, let's. We're not going to talk four state here. We're actually going to talk Uncensored moment of the week. Oh, this is this is the only thing from the ACC this week. This yeah. is good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, unsentimental. So let me l- week. let me pull this up. Let me pull okay. this up for those who are watching on YouTube. Yeah. Um,
1: now if- let me let me explain the segment one more time. So here's what we're doing. The segment is not the wheel of death. It's just incorporated into this. We're doing we're just doing a road trip around the country talking about all five power five conferences and the news from each one. All right. And then if there's any group of five as well, then we'll spin wheelie Nelson to figure out where we go. So it's in random order. The first one we have here is the ACC, which I'm thank God we don't have to talk about any actual football content here. It's just a video of the most uncomfortable thing I've ever watched. Why'd you pull up my
0: tweet? I don't know. It was just, I knew where, where to find it.
1: All right, you just describe what's happening in the video.
0: So Wake Forest is clearly excited that they just beat LSU. Um, You'd almost argue that it seems like they're acting like they thought they won the championship, Mm -hmm. uh, which their run is not over yet. Um, And so uh, this is a Snapchat from Will Andrews, who I I am going to guess is on the team or somehow affiliated with the team that had a Snapchat going, in the locker room for Wake Forest after the game. They have a whole slot captured... of
1: like analytics and pitching stuff. And then you know that Cole Rowland guy definitely has a bag, man. But like, instead of money in the bag, it's just Coke.
0: Here's what transpired in the locker room after the game. <laughs> now, for the... I can't, I can't, I can't. We got to... So much. We got to turn it off. So for those of you that didn't see that, uh it is a video of a man on the wake forest team um sitting in the chair he's getting a lap he's dance. all jacked up could really use some mountain dew melatonin yeah uh he's hovering over a sofa with one of his teammates sitting on it almost as if it looks like he was like gonna give him a lap dance or something like obviously something that would be really weird but if the lap dance is on his face <laughs> so chris <laughs> please explain the rest
1: the Wake Forest guy, he—I don't know how to describe it—but he, he, he faced, he faced F'd him. He, <laughs> he, he like effed him, like they do on the movies. It was so much. It was so
0: much. It was. I don't know. Did that go viral? Yes, like viral, immediately,
1: viral? and it's all over Grinder. It's so. It's I. I mean, it is. It's so many people's like their their profile pictures now. I, I will say this the My biggest takeaway was we were talking about the melatonin. This has nothing to do with the actual video. Um, like you do a lot of weird stuff in the locker room. I don't remember like there's a lot of weird shit that goes on in the locker room. I don't remember doing any of that necessarily. no, no to that's a moment, weird. whatever. like whatever you want to do. I'm glad that that my team didn't have that happen because it is going to be a viral moment that lives for quite some time. Um, whenever wake force is relevant, which is once every eight to twelve years. That being said, you did bring up the melatonin thing, and it got me thinking. Like, what is wrong with these guys on Wake? Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. They, they, like they, that entire team sounds like they're just sponsored by fucking gas station boner pills. Like the entire group is just
0: reckless and four locos. Yes. All right. So- uh, yeah. So that's our uncensored moment of the week. Is that guy? I Don't even know his name really, uh, but you can go find the clip on. It's, yeah, it's on my push.
1: Twitter, but it's incredible.
0: Um, since there's not too much with the ACC, I did want to drop this tweet from at Shannon Terry, who started Rivals, then sold it, then started 247, then sold that, then started on three. Guy's been in the industry for a while. He said today, I think this went a little under the radar. Sources indicate that optimism for a federal NIL bill continued to wane daily among the NCAA higher-ups, Without Fed action, losing the Power 5 football is a foregone conclusion for the NCAA. Just a matter of time. I look for the NCAA to privately start focusing and exhausting resources to keep NCAA men's and women's basketball turning.
1: Yeah. Which is the one that we talked about when this all started. This is what I kept bringing up. That one of the reasons I thought NIL was a joke. Because in those three weeks during the Men's March Madness they make over $900 million in in total revenue, not net, but total revenue. They make over $900 million in three weeks. And that was two years ago. So, you know, the contracts are probably only higher. um, And the amount of money that they're putting out is probably, or they're getting from advertisers, is probably only higher as well. Um, It is the, it's the beginning of the end. Like I hate, I hate to say it. I'm not saying it's the end of college athletics. It's the end of college athletics as we're familiar with, not as we know it, as we're familiar with it's, it will always go on. I'm nervous to see what it, what unfolds from this, but it is like, so they, I will say real quick too, the the incident of like president um, who was the former governor of Massachusetts. Now it's um, it's not Mark Emmert. Who's a piece of shit and we hate him forever. Um, but the yeah. new, the new, um, what do you call it? The new Commission. president, he was on yesterday during the, the afternoon game of the college world series and I came away from his conversation pretty impressed with what he was trying to say and like what the goals were. And like one of the things he's trying to do is meet with like all hundred something uh, conferences that are in Division One, Two, II, and Three. So there's over a hundred total. He tried to meet with all of them within the first like hundred days, um, and he got to like eighty-one or something like that. So he's still trying to you know knock that out over the next like two or three weeks. Um, but one of the things he said was, "There's like they are trying to find and how to f- be more transparent with NIL." And that doesn't mean they're going to like regulate something where everything has to be public so they can see how much each person's making. But it also means they might try to do something similar to that because you can't, ha- like, what we're trying, what we're starting to find out is you can't be paying kids or anyone money for a service and, and have them make benefits because all these kids are- these, are, these are, these are salaried, basically salaried employees and they're salaried benefits. Any, ber- Any person in the world that has those things, you get taxed. So you're gonna have to figure out a way to regulate it in some way. It's not trying to take money away from the kids even at this point. It's like you've opened Pandora's box. You got to figure out a way to have some sort of like like actual fair like what's what I'm looking for here, Tyler parity across the board. And so everything is mm-hmm. it's not always going to be equal because there's going to be bigger NILs and collectives and shit. But like Jesus man, it cannot be this
0: right. And, and I think the biggest thing is is they've got to figure out how to to stop the tampering like the tampering right. is pretty pretty out of control uh yeah and i think that's what's making it so crazy but uh well, so anyway i just want to bring that up
1: last thing on it real quick he did bring this up and I, it speaks to your point and and he said he brought up the fact that when you talk about where each um new thing that they've like kind of like rolled out here right and one of the things they rolled out was was the transfer portal he did say that one of the reasons why we're kind of seeing such a huge influx of people in it is one it's new Right. And and like because like his one of his biggest concerns was he was like the, the coaches having to re-recruit their team every year is pretty difficult. Um, and that's something he was conscious of. But he did say that something we haven't really talked about is that it might just be because this is the COVID group. This is like this is the, the, the kids that are graduating after like entering college during COVID who didn't get a senior year, didn't get to go on their visits, didn't get to do all these things that normal kids have done on top of it being something that's brand new and not really regulated as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I, I'm hoping that if the NCAA is really going to step out of the way or be forced to step out of the way on Power 5 football, that they can create a group that does a lot better than the NCAA yeah. did over the past years. Okay, back to the Wheelie Tiger. Saturday road trip takes us out west to the Pac-12. Uh, I found an interesting – Article that old primetime may have to have his foot completely amputated. Yeah, this is this is my Pac-12. Uh, hey,
1: I mean, yeah, we we this wheel has really kind of fucked us over on this because I really wanted to get into Florida recruiting,
0: but I mean, but like, <laughs> um, no, but seriously, I wanted to shout out Dion. I mean, look, I've done my fair share of hating on him, and you know, it's mainly just jealousy that a, a Florida State alum is practically shitting on our program as often as he can but that being said feel bad for him you know he's got ongoing ongoing blood flow problems in his foot that he had surgery on he's already lost a couple toes he's facing a potential amputation of his complete foot and that's just super sad for a guy we know that's like one of the greatest athletes of all time
1: yeah
0: yeah
1: i mean he's skinny bo jackson yeah
0: Anything else on the Pac-12? I know USC is starting to kill it on the recruiting trail, but we won't get it. No, no. Let's get to
1: the good stuff. Hopefully, we're going to get the SEC next. I'm going to lose my mind.
0: Big 12. Motherfucker. This is the worst. Real real quick on the Big 12. Just want to say, RIP, um, he didn't die, but we're never going to have Huggy Bear in college basketball again, which is sad. You know, it I takes me back to that. I would say never. Yeah, that's true. There's not um, a more
1: corruptive sport besides, like, professional boxing than college basketball.
0: But Bob Huggins, for real, uh, a, a couple weeks after he just went on an absolute diatribe on a, a radio station, uh, that with words that we, we legitimately won't repeat here, Yeah. Um, he then gets busted for DUI. And I think this is not the first alcohol related incident he's had, if I recall correctly. Uh, but I either just, way, he was on thin ice. Yeah,
1: and things were trending
0: in his direction. A DUI, didn't no. know.
1: no. Um, well, and I was surprised they didn't they didn't fire him on the spot. They fired him like the next day. So kind of, but it was like, like every time I saw the report come up, because like okay, he he made several slurs about gays and apparently Catholics as well um, on on this like on a radio show. Yeah, in like public multiple, radio station, multiple yeah. ones. Like, and yeah. and it was like, oh my gosh, like you can't say that. So he's like, and, and he ends up just getting like a pay cut. And it was like, oh, kind of surprised in this day and age because that was that was a fireable offense. If anybody, like if anybody said that in their place of work, any of us, you would have been fired. But right. whatever, my like, I'm not I'm not gonna come down on on the <laughs> like I'm not judging Bob Huggins for having a
0: DUI. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's not exactly the one. best thing, but it's also, yeah, well, that is another factor. <laughs> the
1: point two 20% one.
0: of your body is alcohol. <laughs> yeah,
1: is that what that means? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a blood alcohol content. If it's point two, that's 20%. So half, you know, 20% of your blood was alcohol. I could be totally we? wrong on that, by the way, but I, I think I'm right.
1: Okay. Well, if you're a doctor, feel free to correct me. Uh, chat <laughs> yeah, ChatGPT. Yeah, GPT. ChatGPT. So here he was my main issue with it. It was, and this is something that's kind of bothered me for a while, but Dickie V coming out and, and firing some tweet. I understand Dickie V's old and he's whatever. But Dickie is a guy that I've really not liked for quite some time and not because of anything that he's done with his job. And I know he's gone through a lot of health issues and all that kind of stuff too. And this, So this is like not with that. But Dickie V is one of like the most good old boy – like he's just so okay with like blue blood college basketball that he's familiar with being able to cheat and do whatever the fuck they want. And he has his favorites and, and this and that. And if you don't believe me, he was merciless about, about Will Wade being caught on, on audio, like and on tape, like talking about a strong ass offer he made to get a, a, a player. Like everyone does this. Like this has been a, constant issue he doesn't ever say it about bill self at kansas doesn't ever say it about other players like you know like coach k at duke or anything like that but it's like that he was just incessant with his critiques and and slander about will wade this comes out and he's like i feel so bad for my friend i hate this for my friend i'm so concerned And it was like that's good too but it's also okay to denounce things that are shitty and bad like regardless if they're your friend or not it's like it's okay to support someone while also being like hey this is not acceptable and this is not okay that he did this. I just thought it was such a weird stance to just publicly take out and, and just a lot of like lacking in self-awareness.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think, I mean, including like politicians and the like, anybody that's over like 75 years old, you probably shouldn't pay attention to their tweets. I mean, I'm it's not all the ages.
1: president. But...
0: <laughs> um, Chad GPT tells me that I'm a little wrong on this. Point two one uh means that the blood alcohol concentration is 0.21 percent which means that there are 0.21 grams of alcohol for every 100 milliliters of blood in the person's body
1: oh my god i don't want to sound like three year letter basically
0: more than the double the legal limit uh in the u.s and um potential effects at this level include severe motor impairment potential loss of loss of consciousness (laughs) risk of injury so, my man was juiced up. His his daughter came out today and basically, like, shit on the whole president and uh, the board members for firing him and was like, We all drink, like, 90% of people drink. So, I don't want to know why this is a big deal. And by the way, the cans, all the cans that they found, you guys know that he's big into recycling. That was and my I'm favorite. Telling you, I'm not, I didn't even make that up. She said that. She
1: actually she she said like, that. She had, she had, like, a, it was three screenshots of a post that she put on Facebook. It was that long and that was, that was guys we're not making this up that was one of the actual things she said she was like you guys everyone knows like it was like the most common knowledge in the world like everyone knows my dad loves he's got a sweet tooth dude
0: like, like it was like
1: chocolate or something like he, oh you know he loves carrot cake it was you know that he fucking <laughs> he likes to recycle so he around cycling. trash bags full of aluminum cans like a homeless person in his fucking Lincoln
0: let's just start calling him eco bob <laughs> Bob Drunk- right. Drunky
1: Bear. This better be the SEC. or I'm, I'm vetoing it if it's not. And
0: it's the Big Ten.
1: We're going okay. to do the SEC now. Because, listen, we don't need to talk about – there's nothing in the Big Ten that happened. Tre- top transfer no, world. I, I I
0: just wanted to – yeah, I just wanted to promote um, on the website, Saturday9South.com. if you are a Big Ten fan and you're listening to the podcast, uh, we we have a great article up right now that – Basically, if you want to get to know all the best players that are in the Big Ten, new this year, transferred Mm in um, per team. So, all the teams in the Big Ten, go check it out. Saturday at saturdaydownsouth.com. You can check out that
1: article. It's it's actually at Saturday Tradition, which is our Big Ten sister site. So, but you guys make sure to go check that out. And all these all these sites are as oh, well. Yeah, Saturday right. at West, we have covered in the Pac twelve great coverage from all of our riders. and Saturday Road as well. But the main event that should have been what we opened with. We're thirty minutes into the show. Florida Gators, like, yeah. what a what an emotional roller coaster Florida has been on for the last last week or so. And we can start with like a, a thing that we had a conversation on here, driven pretty much by me i did a video about it the other day talking about how difficult florida's schedule is and how long billy napier is going to last in this job not because he's a bad coach or whatever because of how difficult the schedule is coming up and you talk about a team that like just had a number four overall draft pick at quarterback they went six and seven for the second year in a row that embarrassing bowl game you have a lot of people leaving the portal like this has been sunbelt billy has become like a, a a a Constant joke on on social media, and and you we've I've said it several times, like it seems like there's a massive distance, and there is a massive distance between Florida and Kirby, like regardless of what we think, I don't see anybody. I don't, that's not like that gap is pretty wide, but what they did this weekend was incredible.
0: Yeah, so let's bring up their now number three overall composite ranking, twenty twenty four class, and. The, the biggest thing – dude, they – so this weekend alone – all right, let's start at the top where they have a five-star QB committed out of Texas, DJ Lagway. Didn't look great at the Elite 11, but that half of that is just like the underwear Olympics basically. I don't think right. too much into the Elite 11, uh, although it did seem like the two top quarterbacks in the nation did the best there. So Well, that, and real quick on that,
1: uh, Willie uh, Willie Gray actually reached out to us because like, cause, like I, I've made a little bit of a troll about – how Julian Say and Bama's commit ended up being the Elite 11 QB MVP ahead of Dylan Rayola, who's the number one quarterback. And he was asking, like, what goes into that? Because from everything you read, it seems like Rayola was, like, the best at everything. Mm. Um, But they said that the MVP of the Elite 11 is actually made up of 75% of the voting on that is about things that happen before they even come to the camp. And that's how they factor that in so it's kind of bizarre but like but all of the all of the commits and all of the quarterbacks sound like they were very physically impressive it's a very deep class lagway especially built built college ready
0: yeah and you know the the elite 11 setup is probably not best suited for dj lagway's skill set which is right. a dual threat guy and that's you don't really run around and do that kind of stuff in seven on seven so um i don't know if it's the best So they've got to hold on to him, though. I I know Clemson's been flirting with him hard. And, you know, as we've seen with many quarterback commits, we'll talk about here in a second for Florida, it's been tough for them to hang on to to quarterback commits. There's a reason why they got Graham Mertz starting uh, next year. Um, But they've got a five-star safety out of Texas. Here's the thing that worries me a little bit about this class. Now let's get into who actually committed this weekend. You had Jamonte Waller out of Mississippi. Five high four-star four star guy, edge player. Yeah, four-star, five-star, depending on what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Aaron Childs is a linebacker, high four-star again out of Maryland. Um, and who was the other guy? Another four-star guy, Nasir Jackson. Four-star
1: linebacker another four-star
0: defensive lineman. Yep. two, two four-star defensive linemen this weekend, Amaris Williams and Nasir Johnson. Um, they had a guy named Marcus M- Mascall, which I'm guessing is Justin Mascall. Three-star
1: offensive lineman that they got. But yep. but these were also guys that um, that LSU and Georgia were in on, and this is like so it is a regardless of what fans are going to say. Was, oh, we weren't really, we weren't going after them, whatever. This is a big win.
0: Yep. So here's my thing: two things on Florida's class right now, absolutely loaded, and I think Napier doing a great job. And that was, I don't I don't think recruiting was ever going to be the issue with Napier because he comes from that Saban you know long line of Sabin coaches that knows how to do the recruiting game. And you look at yeah. Crystal Ball, uh, Muschamp, like all those guys, recruiting was never the issue. Um, Jimbo. Um, very defensive heavy. Outside of the QB, you've basically got to go all the way down to almost a three-star by the time you actually start to get to some skill players. I think it's more of an offensive game this this day and age. I, I get Georgia had that incredible run with their defense, but for the most part, you got to have a really good offense to win championships in today's game. Also, these guys are not coming till next year. What Florida looks like on the field this year is really going to because these guys are not Florida guys. Look at this list right here DJ Lagway, Texas. Xavier Phil, I don't know how to say his last name, the safety, Texas. Miles Graham, Georgia. Jamonte Waller, Mississippi. Aaron Childs, Maryland. None of these guys are in the state. You know, keep on going down the list. Amir Jackson, Georgia. Amaris Williams, North Carolina. Like none of these guys are in Florida, so if you start to falter a little bit this year, you don't make a bowl again, or you 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 know barely they made a bowl make a last bowl. Years. That's true. Well, that's true. But I, would you, would you really consider making a bowl when you have to kick a field goal against Oregon State to? I would because they made
1: a bowl. They did it in a bowl game. Now listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right now. It sounds like you are being a little bit negative about it. Like scale of one to ten, how big of a win was this weekend for Florida in your eyes?
0: Oh, it was a it was a I would say it was a nine because okay. these guys haven't signed yet.
1: Okay. So I would, I would say an 11 and okay. well, that sounds bad now that I think about it. um, But like, I would say a high 10, <laughs> a 10 plus. And the reason why is this it, like one, let's back out a second. Okay. And talk about like how this weekend went, because you look at it like the way it started. Now, Florida was, was ranked 21st in the country in recruiting on June 15th. That's five days ago from we're recording this podcast. And, and like, you saw it all over social media, Georgia fans, just, you know, Sunbelt Billy, like I said, Florida state fans, Miami fans. And and you are going to have some like issues being able to compete with those programs with the NIL stuff and the way that those programs are built. And like, they are going, Mario Cristobal is going to recruit to Miami. I don't know how they're going to look on the field, but he's going to recruit kids that, from that talent rich state that is probably outside of Texas, the most talented state in the country mm-hmm. from a recruiting standpoint. Now, the way this whole thing started was on Saturday morning. He lost a commitment from a four-star QB. That that not like the news came out at like nine a.m. or something. That this kid who is a commit for the twenty twenty-five class. So he's a rising junior. Yeah, he just um, finished
0: his sophomore year of high school.
1: Right, and he's decommitting. Um, and side note, he did not just finish his sophomore year of high school. He well, not only de-committed he from is Florida, the age. He he re. <laughs> He reclassified his his graduation class, not for 2024, not to com- not even like for 2023. He is enrolling now. Yeah. He skipped his last two years of high school because he had a and I quote five point three four GPA, which you could add up all of my last three years of college. And I, I would almost guarantee you did not add up to five point three four GPA. Yeah, like that's a tough one. That is I don't even know how you do that math. Like, but 5.34 GPA. The kid, he basically finished. They said all of his, all of his actual high school classes. He finished his first semester, his freshman year, and he's been taking oh. like AP and collegiate level classes ever since. He decided to go to Ole Miss. Now, there's a lot of people that we'll get into that some other time about why he went to Ole Miss, whatever. But you see this happen, and you don't have a lot of positive pub coming out about. About Florida and Florida football, and especially Florida recruiting, we barely talk about Florida on this show, and for a long time, I mean, like at all. And it's a what we be talking about, though, you know? Exactly. Right. Like you're a thousand percent right, and you talk about that happening on Saturday morning, and Lane Kiffin comes out with like just one of the best trolls as usual, yeah. and posts a Twitter or posts a tweet. The Spotify about, playlist. Yeah, the Spotify is a screenshot of a Spotify playlist of Tom Petty. And, and it was, it was like great weekend vibes here in Oxford because he had just flipped a commit from Florida to go to Ole Miss. What does, what does Sunbelt Billy, or as we can start calling him, Big Dick Billy come in here <laughs> and do after that? He signed seven or he gets seven commits over the next 72 hours, five top two, four, seven players, a five star on, on, on three, at defensive end who's out of the state of Mississippi. And then and then he gets a little bit like a, of like a troll back at Lane Kiffin. Um, it was, it was the best, like, it's the best thing I've seen happen at Florida in, in my opinion this weekend, it's the best thing I've seen happen at Florida outside of the Anthony Richardson game against Utah in the last three years. And, and I know it's not the season. I know these kids haven't fully signed or whatever, but you have not had a lot to be proud of over the last couple of years. If you're Florida and you've gotten beat by your rivals in every which way, um, like Sanford put 52 up in the swamp, all that kind of stuff. You, you got dragged on social media once again, by another coach in your conference. And what does your coach do? Comes back swinging, gets seven commits in the next, that is incredible vaults you from number 21 overall class five days ago to the number three class in the country. And here's why I think the biggest takeaway for me was all those kids you listed, the four-star defensive lineman, you got two of them. You got a four-star linebacker. You got a five, four or five-star defensive end, edge rusher. Why is that a big deal? The five-star safety. Well, for one, you signed a five-year, sa- five-star safety last year as well, so you can help on the back end of that defense. You look across every major defensive statistic for Florida. Total scoring last year in the SEC ninth. Total off, or total defense twelfth. Total rushing yards allowed twelfth. Total passing yards allowed eleventh. I mean, you yeah. need help and you need help in a hurry on defense. And that's what Billy Napier went out and did. And he did it in the trenches by going to get out some some defensive linemen, and edge rusher, all that kind of stuff. I love it. I thought it was great. Um, I, I love the troll stuff like that as well, like I said. But I thought this was huge from Billy Napier.
0: Yeah, it, it is for now. You gotta you gotta do something on the field this year to keep this class intact, in my right. opinion. Um, more in the SEC. We've got it's the last uh, thing, right? No, Nick Saban. No. No. Let's talk about it. Okay. Let's talk about it. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> so, you know, this is what this is. This was my day yesterday. Okay, on Monday, um, or on Sunday, I remember Kristen Saban post on her on her story. A video of Saban in the yeah. VR thing playing yeah. VR boxing. Now, oh, she had sent me and Paige Kuhn in that little text thread. She sent us that in December. She was like, don't share this, obviously, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you can see the decorations in the back. It's Christmas, whatever. So it was hilarious and funny and it's like relatable and all that, all that kind of stuff. And she ends up posting it. And I was like, hey, like that's going to go everywhere, just so you know. And she did. Um, She was like, oh yeah, whatever. So the next day she just posted to her her actual feed and it goes fucking everywhere immediately, right? And I was just like, no, like battle stations, here we go. There's gonna be so many people making fun of Saban. And for the most part, it was an incredibly well-received video from all fans, not just Bama, not like, it was like from everyone. It was, there was like, like, there were some funny memes about it, all that kind of stuff. And then someone let him get in front of a camera and a microphone on Joel Klatt's podcast that came out three hours later and stick his fucking size nine foot in his mouth. <laughs> and I just, I listen, like I always say, Kristen's one of my best friends. I have a hard time with Savin especially, like not just blindly defending him because I've seen the stuff that she has to kind of deal with from that. Mm-hmm. This was an incredible bad look. Incr- incredibly bad look and what he said made no sense it warranted zero credit to what he was trying to make the, like what he's trying to say and i hated every second of it i like so this I, is
0: another uh, this is a uh, segment called fan speak so what did he say versus what 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 did the fans or what did we interpret?
1: i don't even know if i can get into the, the fan speak part of it but what he said was and i'll pull up the exact quote real quick hold on um the exact quote he was talking to with Joel Klatt on his show about the playoffs. And he said, and I quote, all we do is take the teams that win the most games at the end of the year and put them into the playoffs. But do you really get the best teams? When they told me last year that we would have been favored against three of the four teams that got in the playoffs, I'm like, why aren't we in the playoffs? Now let me start by saying, this is a very small part of the interview and he's being asked questions directly. He's not going to not defend his team. That is the last thing that I will say on this podcast today That is defending anything from Nick Saban. Because what this was, was horribly, horribly lacking in self awareness. Made, like I said, zero sense. Because if you talk about, oh, like, if it's at this point, it's June, it's time to move on. It sounds like you're whining, and you kind of are at this point. And if you really, like, if you're not, if you're not just blindly defending your team because that's your, you're the head coach and you have to, well, then you just sound stupid. Because if you're, if you're saying, that's not the right word, but like, if you're saying, Do you really get the best teams in? We would have been favored against three or four of those, three out of the four of those teams. Man, buddy, we were favored by eight and a half against Tennessee and 13 and a half against LSU. You lost both those games. Bama's been favored besides Georgia. They've been favored in every single game except like six since 2008. I mean, think about that. Mm -hmm. You're always favored. And it's it's not like all the losses are coming when you were an underdog. I, I mean, so that part makes no sense, and also like, like we always say in this podcast, lines are made in Vegas to get equal betting on both sides. It has nothing to do with how good of a football team you are. I said this on Twitter. Do I think Bama would have beat TCU and Michigan? Yes, I do. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being biased. I do think they would have beat them. I know who they lost to. I don't th- I don't know if they would have beat Tennessee or LSU again. I do think they would have beat those two teams. Do I think they would have beat Ohio State? No. Do I think they would have beat Georgia? Hell no. And I wanted no part of seeing Bama play Georgia last year as a fan at all. Wanted zero part of that team. That would have been a bloodbath. But saying this is so bad. It's so bad. And we joked around about the fan speak thing. This sounds like you're just being a fan.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, look, again, I get into the – once you hit – seven, he's not 75 quite, but once you get into your 70s, you start to get a little – a little crazy with some of your talk. We can't take everything these geriatric folks say. No, I'm just kidding. Okay.
1: First off, <laughs> that is not okay. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> no, I just, I, but, and that is a little bit much. Um, here's if this, and yeah, anyway, we can't awesome kept awesome. the article. Here you go. I was actually spot on. The Crimson Tide have been underdog six times since 2008. I was, I was dead oh, on there you go. um
0: Good They dog. are,
1: they are, they have lost 20 games as a favorite in that span. I mean, because I'm pretty sure as the favorite, I think they're like five and one or as the underdog, I think they're like five and one in those games. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I thought it was such a bad look and I hated it. And it did feel like a lot, like it was just, I mean, there's so many options, so many things you could have made the argument for, but Alabama did not deserve to be in the playoff last year. And it's, it's, it's about time we started looking towards this season anyway.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, well, it kind of is like a lackluster ending because the last thing on the wheelie tagger is the G six, the G five. <laughs> well, let's just get into the 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 top five thing. Yeah. Well, I'll just I will say for the G five, uh, San Diego State officially notified the Mountain West that they are intending to withdraw from the conference. So more yeah. conference expansion. Um, I don't know if San Diego State will be part of a new Big Twelve, a new Pac twelve, yeah. but it looks like. Yeah, that's happening as well. So, um, okay, last segment here uh, as part of our ongoing series of top five, we use the new record out in Omaha for the Jello shots that LSU fans uh, set this weekend. Only in Game Two of the World Series, they so, haven't had
1: their second game yet, and they they smashed the record that Ole Miss set a year ago by by three thousand shots.
0: So Ole Miss last year set the record. So for those of you that don't know, Rocco's in Omaha does a jello shot challenge where jello shots are five bucks and all the teams that are in the world series, they'll keep track on a board of how many shots they've purchased. LSU uh, passed last year's record of 18,777 set by Ole Miss fans during the Ole Miss national championship run. And, we're up to 21,435 as of yesterday. So that's before gone. the start of their game. Yeah. Um, they with the help
1: 8, 600 shots in a span of four and a half hours.
0: With the help of Todd Graves, who started raising canes, he purchased 6,000 shots to put LSU over the 21,000. It's also a Guinness world record for shots purchased by one person. And Do you know
1: whose record he broke?
0: I don't. Merle fucking Haggard. <laughs> oh, let that record stand, brother. he. he
1: It was Merle Haggard. I, when I read that sentence, I was like, this is the most SEC sentence I have ever read in my entire life. It was like, it was incredible.
0: So that got us thinking about records. By the way, in classic Danny Connell fashion, did you see what he tweeted about yeah, this? Yeah, I today? hated it. I hated it. <laughs> He was basically like that. The record shouldn't count because it, you shouldn't just have one person. LSU's Jello shot record is a sham. You can't have one dude buying bulk. Fans need to actually partake. Typical SEC move to hype this thing up. He's this, is why, we love, this is why we love this why we love Canal. It's I mean it's
1: yeah, but I mean they had bought twelve thousand seven hundred and something like that before he showed up, and they did that by day three, and they'd only played one game. Like they they were over five thousand before their first game. And they just obliterated this thing. If they end up winning the whole thing, because it'll go oh till next Monday, they, they could go to 100,000. Like, yeah. like I, I, yeah. I fully believe it. I mean, they, yeah. they by themselves, last year, the total for all eight teams was 27,000 something, blah, blah, blah. As of today, as of last night, I haven't seen the update. They had 21,000, which by the way, is like $105,000 just from themselves. Uh, in jello shots. Where are
0: they getting all this oh, jello? Shout out to Rocco's for making a shitload of money off this. A oh, shit ton of money. Um, okay, let's see. So that got us thinking, you know, top fives records out there. Um, I came up with some myself. I'm going to go with Ashlyn Davis, Tulsa, 2004, five kickoff returns for touchdowns in one season. Never going to be broken again. Just you give me your top five because I see what all I right. mean is wrong. So, um, <laughs> the Duke defense in 1938 allowed seven points all season long for an average of 0.8 points per game, tied with Villanova that year. Didn't Tennessee not give up a single point their entire 1939 season until the bowl game? Most consecutive shutouts, Tennessee 15. Spanning two seasons, 1938 to 1939. But there must have been, because I got this off of the, um, you know, stats or like sports reference for college football. It had both of those stats on the same website, on the this, same page. So so that that team
1: gave up. They outscored their opponents. I don't want to add it up because I'm going to mess it up. But they didn't allow a single point in 10 regular season games. Not a single point. And then they they went to the Rose Bowl, and they lost to USC 14 to nothing.
0: I'm telling you what, man. We just, the the game's never been the same since 1938 with these (laughs) d I've been saying that for years. (laughs) This is 39. (laughs) um, precipice of war. Okay, so Rice, 300 consecutive games without posting a shutout. Oh, my God. Yeah, that'll never so, be broken. That'll never be broken. Um, I got two more here. Kevin Smith from UCF, two thousand seven, four hundred and seventy four plays from scrimmage in one season. I don't, I don't think anyone like. I think these days you're going to get a lawsuit if you get that many plays. Eric
1: Henry had three hundred ninety five rushing attempts in twenty fifteen.
0: Yeah, that's this is four hundred seventy four plays.
1: This that's only seventy nine more. So if he catches what it, it, he if he catches five passes a game.
0: No, it's not going to be broken. Okay. And then Um, lastly, I'm just going to say it. Florida State, 14 straight seasons finishing in the top five of the polls, never happening again. And not with the parody in college football these days. Okay. Even Um, Bama's streak has been broken.
1: Yeah, it's true. Uh, Okay, so here are mine. Top five uh, records that I think will never be broken. Also, real quick, stat that I pulled up this week, stat of the week, maybe we can start that as a segment. I don't know. But I thought it was very interesting – um, one of our listeners, Ben Diesel brought this up uh, the other day when he was trolling me yet again on Twitter about um Bama losing two games to non-playoff teams, right? Um and so it got me thinking it was like w- the losses to the the losses that playoff teams have had before the playoff, right? who were they against ranked unranked were they two playoff teams whatever so the Every playoff team since it started in 2014, so in the last nine seasons, um, they have had a total of 22 combined losses before the college Bowl playoffs. That includes the regular season and/or their conference championship games. Ten of those 22 losses—I thought this was pretty pretty shocking. Ten of those 22 losses were to unranked teams. Hmm. Surprising, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, okay. Here are mine. Um, Derek Thomas, 27 sacks in, in one season. That's ridiculous. Yeah. He had like eight versus Penn State. It's absurd. Um, here's one. We talked about yeah. Florida a little bit earlier. Single game interceptions. This will never happen again because now you have more than one fucking – I don't know what was going on in 1964 or whenever this was uh, in Florida. I don't know if this was like a situation where you like you only had one pitcher you could trot out there. But their quarterback, John Reeves – Pulled a Christopher Reeves. That was bad. I shouldn't have said that. Ooh. Oof. Um, nine interceptions in one game. What? Yeah. <laughs> See, this is why this is why like all of our parents and grandparents say the dumbest shit about like like the, the passing game. Oh, I'll tell you what, you throw a football, only only three things can happen. Two of them are bad. Well, oh, yeah, when John Reeves is throwing nine interceptions. This is also, let's not forget this either. This is in like the days of like where they didn't know what road uniforms necessarily were. So you had color rush shit all the time. Like there was no mistaking. This wasn't the games weren't actually in black and white. There was no mistaking which team was which. It was like the bluest of blue versus like the reddest of red. And he threw nine interceptions in one game. Leave it to a Florida quarterback to do that, by the way.
0: Nine interceptions.
1: Good yeah. to God! Um, all right, yourself. here's another one. Winning streak, Oklahoma from fifty-four to like fifty-seven or fifty-eight. I don't fucking know. They won forty-seven straight games. I, unless Georgia does it now, I don't think we'll ever see that again. I don't. I don't see how it, is, especially with like the way the the um, conferences are going to be. Um, but what is this? And last but not least, here's a here's a season I've been feeling about this all off season. We just don't talk about how incredible barry sanders 1988 season was he won the heisman i think it was 88 um i'm pretty sure it was 88 anyway we don't talk about that season nearly enough do you know how many touchdowns we don't he talk about bruno we don't talk about bruno either but barry sanders who obviously like had a great nfl career is one of the greatest nfl backs of all time retires early retires on top very few people do that seems but his college career as a side note do you know that he had a brother who also ran for over a thousand yards for Northwestern in the same season? Byron Did Sanders, really? which is Byron. This is this is this is a thousand percent real. It's on the Instar website. And shout out to Byron because he's had a tough life, like Joe Byron. Joe, <laughs> come on, man, come on. Um, <laughs> he's a fucking mess. So, um, I honestly the numbers that Barry Sanders put up it makes me think that he was facing defenses that were just made of 11 Joe Bidens because it was he had 4 300 yard games he ran for over 2600 yards Tyler he had 37 rushing touchdowns that season and then had Jeez. a ru- a punt return and a kickoff return so he had 39 touchdowns won the Heisman um i don't remember who here let's just fucking pull it up i guarantee you like whoever was like second will be like a fucking Pit quarterback who had 19 touchdowns and 14 interceptions or something stupid. Um, but anyway, it's he his, his record for 400-yard games... He only did this in 11 games, by the way, in the regular season. Think about that.
0: I'm thinking about
1: it. Think about it. I mean, I want you to keep I'm thinking, thinking about, about it. Because it. it's incredible. It'd um, behoove
0: you to think about it.
1: I don't... I'm not going to fucking behoove anything, ever. <laughs> not even if there's a fire. Anyway, um, it's a pretty incredible like feats, i don't think will ever be he won in a landslide rodney pete was the guy who finished second he had 18 touchdowns and 12 interceptions from fucking usc i don't i can't imagine anybody seeing this he had 344 attempts ran for 2628 yards seven and a half yards per, per carry by the and 37 touchdowns if you were voting in the in this in this what do you call it and and you actually put pen to paper and voted for someone else you're a fucking idiot <laughs> uh,
0: all right is that it that's it all right that's the end of the show as always we really appreciate you all listening to the show it would really help us and the growth of the show if you would rate us five stars on apple and spotify leave a review for us like uh par liking did on apple podcasts five stars my go-to college football pod well-researched and hilarious plus Marlar shares my alma mater go bobcats definitely a dog um so if you would go out rate us five stars give us a good review we'll read it here on the show best one wins like us subscribe to our youtube page don't forget to check out the sds podcast weekly with Connor o'gara and check out all our videos and clips from the show you can find the clips from the show on twitter at sat down south instagram and tiktok at saturday down south and youtube at saturday down south one for chris i'm tyler thanks for listening we'll see you guys next week